Hello, everyone, and welcome to Nothingness, the podcast about nothing. Um, I'm Stephen, your host, and I'm happy to be back. Um, sorry we haven't gotten an episode out in a couple weeks, but definitely happy to be back recording. It's been kind of a crazy few weeks. Um, I got sick for a little bit, so I lost my voice. I wasn't able to talk for a little while, and then had some other things going on, which we'll kind of talk about later in the episode. But I'm happy to be back, and happy to have you guys tuning in and listening and get feedback and all that fun stuff. But happy to be back, definitely. So this week's episode, going to talk about some things going on in the world, um, want to talk about the whole Will Smith, Chris Rock, Oscar slap. Um, obviously have to talk about that thing, all the memes that came out and different things that pops up with that. Um, we also are going to talk about Halo and Moon Knight. So both those TV shows have started. Um, I watched episode one of each of them. So Halo, based off the video game, is a show on Paramount Plus, and then we have Moon Knight based off the comic book with Oscar Isaac um, on Disney Plus. And so I'm going to each week for the next um, few weeks for their episodes, kind of review the episodes, talk about them, and then maybe get some questions from you guys or things to talk about. So definitely looking forward um, into getting into that, and then I'm going to kind of end the episode with some. A little serious talks, just to give you a heads up. Um, talking about death a little bit. Um, I did have to put down my almost 16-year-old golden retriever, Cinnamon. Rest in peace. Um, definitely was a tough weekend with that. And then also, for those who don't know, one of my favorite bands of all time are Foo Fighters. I have a total man crush on Dave Grohl and love everything they do. And with Taylor Hawkins um, passing away, have to um, want to talk about that a little bit. Just talk about death and how it affects us and all that kind of things. But it's obviously going to be an interesting topic there. Maybe get a little too serious, but I think it could be a good little conversation to go through and things to talk about and can spark some good ideas. But anyways, that's what we kind of got on tap for today. Um, thank you again for tuning in. Again, this is Nothingness, the podcast about nothing. You can find us on Twitter at Nothingness Undercast Pod, underscore pod, sorry. And then you can also check out um, Instagram and TikTok at Cap Jack Attack and see some fun stuff with Jack and Molly. But anyways, thank you guys for tuning in, and we'll go ahead after a short little break. We'll get going on this week's episode. Okay, everyone, so we're going to start off by talking about the Oscars and not really going to talk about any of the wins or anything like that because, honestly, I feel like the award shows are a little boring these days. Uh, I don't know. I just feel like the type of movies we get these days and what the Academy recognizes, there's different aspects of type of films and different genres and although they're better at recognizing some of the different kinds, it's still kind of a classic, only one type of movie or director or actor that kind of wins those certain things. So definitely not a huge fan, but want to talk about the crazy thing that happened at this past one with Will Smith and Chris Rock. So if you're living under a rock, pun intended, and don't know what happened. Basically, Chris Rock was presenting an award for a documentary and made a G.I. Jane joke about Jada Pinkett Smith's um, shaved head. And afterwards, Will Smith went up, shortly afterwards, walked up to stage and slapped Chris Rock in front of everyone and just walked back, sat back down. And by the reactions and everything... And doesn't seem like it was planned. I know there's rumors out there it might have been, might not have been. But kind of want to just talk about different aspects of it, give my thoughts and stuff like that. So I think the big one for me, I'm just going to go right into it. 
The thing that kind of like shocked me about it was the fact that no one did anything. So like no security came up. No one checked to see if Chris Rock was okay. Now granted we don't know what they were saying in his ear and stuff. And producers stuff like that. But like Will Smith walked up there, smacked him and walked back down and nothing really happened. That to me is kind of weird like you know. If that happened at, like, a comedy show that Chris Rock was doing, like, security would have tackled the guy before he got up there. Uh, Part of me feels like because it is Will Smith, Will Smith is a guy who's beloved and seen as a good guy, quote-unquote. He's someone who um, a lot of people respect. So I feel like because it was him, maybe that's the why the reaction was the way it was. And if it was someone else, maybe it would have been a little different. You know, someone like maybe a Mel Gibson or Alec Baldwin who have had some um, history with things in the past. Maybe they wouldn't have been treated the same. Not sure about that. I did lose a lot of respect for Will Smith because whether or not the joke went too far, I don't really want to get into that because, you know... For comedy, roasting, it's just one of those things. Yeah, there's lines that be crossed, but, you know, you apologize after. It's, I don't know. There's, I don't really want to get into all that because, you know, some people are going to think it's okay, some people not. And, you know, jokes are jokes. But I think the big thing is that's not how you react to it. If you have a problem with it, you bring it up to the person, you talk about it. Heck, if even if you want it in the show, like, you know, talk about it. like, hey, dude, like, I think that was disrespectful. You know, whatever. That's a better response. Um, violence is not a good response in front of a televised show that is supposed to be geared towards families. You know, you have young kids doing it. Having someone go up there and just smack a guy. Definitely not the response. Doesn't look good. Um, another reason why I don't think it was a planned fake thing is... Not sure what Will Smith would get out of it for being, for doing that. I'm not sure, even though, yes, I could see how, you know, it's a big thing. Everyone's talking about it, so the publicity's good, but it doesn't look good on him, whether it's planned or not. It just doesn't look good, so I don't think so. Uh, One of the interesting things that also with it was if you watch the video... He laughed at the joke, and then Jada kind of, you know, rolled her eyes, obviously wasn't happy with it, which is understandable, you know, she's obviously been dealing with some stuff, she's been open about her alopecia, I wasn't aware of all of it, but, you know, being open about it, dealing with um, different health issues, I can definitely relate to all that kind of stuff with autoimmunes and all that, like, I get that, it can kind of hit you, but, you know... To go up and smack someone because of it. It just seemed kind of weird. There's definitely some interesting takes on it. About um, toxic relationships. How like maybe Will Smith did it because she told him to. You know you see all these memes. They joke about. Oh if you don't go defend me. I'm going to cheat on you again. Stuff like that. And maybe there's something there. I definitely think there might be something going on with mental health here. For sure. Um, within the relationship and then also outside of it, you know, Will Smith has been through a lot with the whole, um, entanglements that Jada, um, brought up on that talk show and talking about the cheating and open relationship and all those type of things, you know, it's a very good chance that it's all related into the same thing and just kind of dealing with it and letting emotions take too much of it. Now at this moment, um, Both Will Smith and Chris Rock have come out, apologized for their parts in it and the reactions and all that, which is good. But again, I still feel as a comedian, you know, Chris Rock did what comedians do and you should not get assaulted. And in the end, Will Smith assaulted Chris Rock. That's my opinion on it. Whether he was right or wrong to defend, that's a different story. But 
that's not the way to defend. So there might be some, I think there's definitely some mental health stuff going on. I know we talked about last episode a little bit about that, but like, you know, hopefully he can get some help to kind of deal with. There's obviously a lot going on there. I think the big part of the whole thing, though, that I really, I don't know, stuck out to me was the way that Chris Rock handled it. I mean, he, you kind of see when he's walking up there and he's like, oh, look, he's coming up. And then he smacked him and, you know, he, he took it. He didn't, like, latch out. He could have gone on with more jokes, but he just kind of, you know, dealt with it. He did make a joke to kind of move on about this greatest moment in television history type thing. But I thought he handled it really well because he could have handled it completely differently because obviously he's not expecting to get smacked like that. Plus, like, again, it's Will Smith. You don't expect Will Smith to do something like this. This is not something that we would expect Will Smith to do. Um, Chris Rock's been doing it for a long time. And he has a lot of respect out there for what he does. And he, he gets it. He understands that there's lines that get crossed. You know, he apologized about that. But at the same time, you know, maybe he didn't know about Jada Pinkett. I didn't know about it. Um, maybe he didn't, and even if he did, I mean, again, I don't think it was a maliciousness, maybe it just, the joke didn't land, and, you know, it offended someone, and that happens, but, again, you don't react with violence, and I think that's really the part that gets to me, is just, that's just not the okay response to do on national television, it just looks bad, and then, plus, you throw in, you know, you can throw in the race part with a black man having anger. You can throw in with men, masculinity. There's a lot of things that throw up in there. Again, I talked about toxic relationships. There's possibly a dynamic there, knowing everything else that's gone on between him and his wife. But it's there's a lot there. But I do commend Chris Rock for the way he handled it. Again, I'm glad that they did apologize. Um, with Will Smith's acceptance speech, he did apologize about it, realized that he messed up. I didn't like that he didn't actually apologize on the show about Chris Rock. Um, he did afterwards. He mentioned him by name and all that. But I feel like there's a big apology that needed to be done there. Also, like, I kind of wonder what the Academy was thinking. Like, should Will Smith have really been allowed to go up on stage and accept his award after acting like that? I don't know. And again, I have doubts on if it was someone else, if they would have been allowed to. Because, again, he has a reputation of being a very likable human being. And so it definitely seemed out there. But hopefully if there's whatever stuff's getting involved... Um, get some help with it and deal with it. We don't have reactions like this. Hopefully we can learn from it. But definitely I'm on the side of it is assault and that's not the way you react. And we need to be better as a society in the way that we handle with things. And then people in rules like that who are seen as role models need to handle themselves better because it looks bad on all of us and I think that's really what it comes down to now again on the little lighter side of it um, I was driving back from Arizona when it happened when I got back my phone was like blowing up with um, memes and memes have kind of been going out the last couple of days of all the different um, ideas people come up with which is Always fascinating to me. I really loved um, last year when we had the um, inauguration where Bernie was sitting outside and everyone started putting him bundled up in different pictures and everything like that. It's kind of that same kind of thing where they just, it was everywhere and anything and everything, nothing was off limits. And I find it fascinating because people come up with interesting ideas. 
I find it entertaining. Obviously, sometimes it's a, maybe a little too far, a little too soon, but there is some comedy to it, some reasoning, and I think it all helps us talk about it and deal with it. Like, there were some serious issues that this incident brought up that is good to talk about. It's good to talk about the way we handle things, the way we talk about respect for people and dealing with disrespect and, you know, toxic relationships and how we handle ourselves as human beings, all those type of things can be a positive talking about this, even though it didn't come off in a good positive light. And I think memes and stuff like that continue the conversation and it keeps it going, you know, have a little bit of fun with it as well. But definitely there were a lot of <laughs> ones that came out. Um, some funny, some maybe went a little too far, but I always find that fascinating when we get all those because it's the same thing over and over again, and it kind of gets old, but kind of doesn't, and you see some interesting ideas that come up with it. But anyways, um, definitely if you want to um, give me your thoughts on it, you can reach out on Instagram at CapJackAttack or on Twitter, nothingness underscore pod. Um, let me know what you think about possible toxic masculinity, toxic relationships, uh, disrespect, violence, any of those type of topics. If you want to chime in, we can definitely do a call out. Also, if you want to be on the show and we can talk about it, definitely be open to that. But definitely was an interesting thing that happened over the weekend. And, I mean, they say in Hollywood... Um, any publicity is good publicity, but I don't know about that one. But definitely was interesting, and it's got us all talking. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break, and then when we come back, we're going to talk about the first episodes of Halo and Moon Knight. Okay, everyone, welcome back to Nothingness, the podcast about nothing. You can check us out on Twitter at nothingness underscore pod. Also, Instagram at capjackattack. And now on this little segment, did want to talk about two shows coming out. They're kind of going to be parallel around the same time. So I definitely wanted to kind of look into doing a segment where we talk about each of them each week and can talk about different aspects of them because they're adaptations that definitely been looking forward to and I know some people have been looking forward to as well. So the first one's on Paramount Plus, Halo. So Halo, one of my favorite games growing up. Um, I still have fond memories of playing Halo 2 and Halo 3 online with my brother, staying up on the weekends when we didn't have school the next day and playing all night getting yelled at our mom, um, yelling at us because we were um, being too loud at 2 a.m. in the morning because we would be um, sometimes shouting a little too loud and stuff like that. But remember logging on with friends and just playing and a lot of fun. So it's a game that I'm very fond of. So definitely looking forward to that adaptation. Always kind of thought it would be an interesting thing to see, maybe as a movie, but they decided to make it as a TV show. So not going to talk a whole lot this week because it was really mainly just a setup. So we're going to kind of see where it goes. I'm definitely interested in seeing where they take it and where they're going with the storytelling and everything. It's obviously not Halo like it's not going to be just like the games the story is going to change a little bit they're going through different aspects one thing i did like about it is during some of the action scenes with master chief they showed from the pov view of him and it kind of resembled the game they had like little um shout outs like the elites with the swords and they had the battle rifle. They had even the moment where he got hit and his shields were down. And he had to go and get cover while it um, came back up. 
and it had the beeping and all that stuff. So there's cool little aspects there. There was a mention of Cortana. So there's a lot of like references and stuff. Overall, I enjoyed it. Wasn't it didn't blow me away. Um, I'm not quite sure how I feel about the Master Chief character in this aspect. Um, we'll see where it goes. Um, I know the big thing from the series, the video game series, was he never removed his helmet. And he obviously did in this one. It's a different aspect of it, but I'll see where it goes. I like the way that the, you know, the Covenant, they made the elites look. The CGI was good. Um, I thought some of the movements was a little cheesy, but you know, I it it was Halo. They took characters, they had them in there, and it was they're telling a story. Um, we'll see where the story goes, but it has me at least hooked for the setup and everything. And we'll kind of see what comes next. Um, I do have the next episode. Um, is coming out now as I'm recording this, so I'll be watching it and then probably talk about it next week. And we'll see where it goes. And But so far, it has me intrigued enough. Again, not blowing me away. I didn't think it was amazing or anything, but I definitely did enjoy it, and I like... I've talked about um, adaptations before, like when we talked about the video game movies back with Uncharted and stuff like that. Like, I enjoy seeing different adaptations of different arts. I love reading books and seeing movies off of them and all that kind of stuff. So I like seeing different variations of adaptations. So I'm going to watch it and try to enjoy it because I loved that video game series growing up and it's a big memory for me so we'll see where the tv show goes and fits in with it um i don't have the highest expectations if you can't tell by the way i'm talking about it but it has me intrigued enough to see where the story goes and what kind of story it wants to tell and i'm looking forward to that but as far as like the aspects of you know showing master chief having the covenant all these different type of things you know it's got me so far it, it looked good Alright, so the next show I want to talk about was Moon Knight. It was released on Disney+. Plus. So they started the first episode. It's an interesting character. Um, a lot of people talk about Moon Knight. He's not as known as some of the other big Marvel characters like Iron Man, Hulk, Deadpool, all that good stuff. But a lot of people talk about him being kind of like Marvel's weird version of Batman. Because he kind of dresses up in a suit and, you know, kind of just beats people um, and beats them to a pulp. And I kind of see that sometimes, but it's a different aspect. So basically the general idea, concept of it is it's about Mark Spector, who is a former CIA agent, depending on where you want to look at it. It looks like in this one he is one, but... They kind of just covered it briefly, but he is someone who deals with multiple personalities. So they have this other character um, named Stephen who has a British accent. And they definitely um, kind of playing off of that with him and Spectre. And then they have this Egyptian god that gives him powers to be able to try to right wrongs. And it's an interesting concept. The episode definitely playing big off the multiple personalities. Oscar Isaac is an amazing actor. I love him. He's in so many good things. Um, I was watching Dune, the remake, the other day. And um, he's, you know, not the most uh, in this in the movie the most, but he has a good part in it. And... He plays Duke Atreides, and he's just a, such a great actor. So many different things he's been in. In this one, um, I think he's perfect because he can really kind of carry a lot of it. A lot of people are giving him flack for his English accent. I think it's purposely bad because I think that's the point of the show is that the Stephen character isn't actually from London. It isn't actually English. It, he grew up in Mark Spector's head. 
and it's one of his personalities, so it's not going to be a perfect English accent. So that's my theory on it. I did hear some stuff about how the accent was so bad and stuff like that, and maybe they tied it into it because he did a bad accent, and I'm not sure. I have a feeling that maybe he's doing it bad on purpose. That's just me, but it fits the character either way. Um, it's going to be an interesting show on showing the aspects of multiple personalities. Kind of, it really, this opening episode was not a whole lot of Moon Knight, the character itself. A lot of dealing with Steven and kind of finding himself in weird situations, losing time, blacking out, and kind of showing aspects of that. So we'll see where it goes from here. I'm definitely intrigued. Um, Oscar Isaac is captivating. So. The character performance for him is going to be a key for the show. And we'll see where it goes. But so far, it started out well. It's good to see Kevin Bacon um, kind of doing a not good character role. He looks like he's going to be set up kind of as the villain. And it's going to deal with some interesting concepts with, you know, Egyptian gods. And just like with Thor and stuff, it's always interesting when they bring in the different mythologies and different beings and stuff like that so it should be good but i definitely so far in the first episode i liked the play on the personalities and all that but obviously i can't really talk a whole lot more about it because it's also was just a straight setup like at the end of it it's like okay like this is where we're at but we'll see what the next episode brings but I think it's a good start. Again, it's a character that not a lot of people know about. And I think it can bring some good conversation about. And it'll be good to bring light to the character. Again, one of my favorite things about Deadpool. You know, breaking the wall and all that kind of stuff. It's the personalities, multiple personality type thing, craziness type thing. Dealing with, you know, we talked about mental illness and all those different aspects that come up. And that's what I love about comic book characters is you can have these relatable aspects that, you know, they're relatable but not relatable on a different level because obviously don't have super strength or healing abilities, um, even though that might be cool. But I think it will be interesting to bring the light on the whole multiple personality thing and kind of how that plays into it. And for those who don't know, like Hulk being one of my favorite Marvel characters, one of my favorite parts of them is that it's that dual personality of, you know, Banner and Hulk and how they kind of coexist. And so I'm intrigued to see how this Steven character and Mark Spector, Moon Knight, all go together and how they work together because they're kind of separate entities but obviously they're not so it'll be interesting um to see where they go with it but i'm definitely interested um so if you have any thoughts on the first episodes of either of the shows interested in any of them feel free to reach out um either on instagram at capjack attack or on twitter nothingness underscore pod Definitely love to hear what you think, and we can talk about it and bring up topics and everything. We'll go ahead and take another short break, and then we're going to talk about a very exciting topic, and we're going to talk about some death. Thank you for tuning in, and I'll see you in a second. Welcome back, everyone, to Nothingness, the podcast about nothing. This next segment, we're going to get a little serious and talk about death. Such a fun topic. Um, for those who don't know, um, I'm a huge Friends fan, and I love the character Chandler mainly because I can relate to him. And that's kind of how I go about life is I make jokes at inappropriate times and that's how I kind of deal with serious topics and stuff when I'm uncomfortable and also when other people start to feel uncomfortable I kind of will crack jokes and make fun and I'm going to talk a little later in the segment the conversation I had with my sibling Melissa about how we deal with death and stuff but 
my golden retriever, family golden retriever, Cinnamon. She lived for about 15 and a half years. We had her since she was two months. Um, we had to put her down this past weekend. She, um, she was getting old, having some issues, neurological and strength issues with her legs. Basically got to the point where the last week she really couldn't walk and... It was kind of that point to make that decision. And so it was obviously tough um, to deal with because we had her for so long. Um, whenever you're dealing with a pet and the decision on quality of life, it's a really tough decision, tough topic. I know me, my sibling, my mom and dad, we um, kind of talked about it a little bit and we had some different theories and different ideas and concepts of it. But in the end, like... You know, the decision is the decision. She lived a great life and had a great impact on us. But it was nice in that I was able to go out there. I had um, one of the days off and then I took another day off. And my sibling was able to join me as well. So we drove out there. My parents live in Prescott, Arizona. So drove six hours to get out there, spent the night with her kind of last morning with her and then she had her appointment that day and then we kind of coped after and then drove back the next day did um 13 hours of driving in a 36 hour period so that was fun i think i'm still recovering from it honestly even though i've been back for a couple of days now but it was nice that I was able to go out there to say goodbye, but also that my sibling was able to as well. It just, um, she was a big impact on our dogs. Um, we call our dogs the Bader Clan dogs. There's, um, was four of them now, down to three. She was the boss dog, the big dog as my dad calls her. Um, she was the leader of the pack, and there's just... She was a total sweetheart, too smart for her own good, like most Goldens. You know, when she got into trouble, she would get herself into trouble. She was definitely a counter surfer, liked to steal food. Um, we always talked about how sticks of butter, she's um, probably stolen well over 100 in her life. Um, surprisingly, she didn't die because of cholesterol from the butter. But she was a total sweetheart, loved people was good with dogs, just was a great dog. Um, personal connection with me, I, I'm trying not to tear up while I talk about this. <laughs> so, for those who don't know, I mean, I've dealt with an autoimmune disorder for the latter part of my life, latter half of my life. Um, there was a point in time where I was walking with a cane, because my leg, I had muscle damage in my leg, and I wasn't able to walk normally. When I started walking without the cane, um, it coincided around the same time that we got Cinnamon as a pup. And Cinnamon kind of served a couple purposes, because we also had our first dog, Greta, was getting towards the end of her life. She was having um, leg issues as well. And so when we got the pup, it was kind of like brought new life to her. And she was able to show, we feel like she was able to show Cinnamon how to be a good dog and be the leader dog, so to speak, because eventually we got more dogs and she ended up becoming the boss dog. But for me, she provided kind of a symbol of where I've come and to get out of that kind of dark stage of my life and deal with the th different things I had to deal with and she was kind of like my reward and once I got off the cane and was able to walk and I got rid of the limp then I took her jogging and she was my jogging partner and kind of brought life into things and again it wasn't like she we got her and then I got better it was it kind of coincided 
but it definitely in my mind it's a big factor of it because it's a tough part of my life and she was a big symbol of it kind of the symbol again of where I came from and what I got through and so obviously I mean I haven't fully coped with it I'm sure but there's aspects of that that makes it tough and dealing with her no longer being with us is that she provides that symbol of me conquering something that was really tough in my life and impactful. And she was there for that. And, you know, when we got her, I was 18, 19 years old. Like, latter part, half of my life, she's been there. And she was kind of my dog. She was a family dog, and obviously when I moved out, well, she stayed with the other dogs, and my parents had a backyard, all that stuff. Recently, it was tough when my parents moved out to Arizona a couple years ago because I didn't like having her so far away from me. But obviously, as you guys know, I talk about Jack, and then I got Molly recently as well, so I have them as my dogs. But, you know, having her out in Arizona was tough and it was a concern for me too when they did because I knew that eventually she was getting older and eventually she would no longer be with us. And so having to not have her close was tough. But again, I was able to go say my goodbyes and everything. But she really symbolizes a point in my life where I overcame things and again she just there's so many stories we have um we talked about you know when she was a puppy one of the first times she stole food my mom sitting on the couch goes to take a bite out of a slice of pizza and all of a sudden this little golden retriever puppy about two and a half months just goes flying through the air it grabs the pizza without hitting my mom at all and grab the pizza midair and <laughs> lands on the other side of the couch. And just, she loved going to the dog beach. She would go body surfing. I know one of the things we talked about is the first time she got wiped out by a wave. Because she, she was pretty good at body surfing. She's a good swimmer. And then one time she got taken out, all of a sudden you see her tail and legs up in the air. And But she recovered and she was um, she was good. She loved going to the beach, getting wet. She was just, she she enjoyed life. Um, that golden retriever demeanor, she was just a happy dog. And she was, um, I feel like the good reason, or good, the part for the Bader clan dogs is they always got along with other dogs and they were welcoming to dogs. We had a dog named Bean Sprout that came and stayed with us. My dogs can go over there and get along with them, um, Melissa's dogs, and I think the big thing is, is Cinnamon that really was the anchor of all of it, because she was that quiet alpha, she wasn't like, in your face, I'm the alpha dog, That that's Pepper, even though he's not the alpha, but the little multi-poo, but Cinnamon was the alpha, and no one questioned it, she just was in charge but she just let the dogs be the dogs and it was reason why we call them a clan is they were always able to let other dogs in and they were a group and she was the leader and it was just some great qualities with her got so many stories maybe I'll mention some later but it was definitely tough um dealing with the death of not just a pet, not just a family member, but a symbol of a lot of positive things to come for negative things and all that. So it was um, definitely emotional, but got to spend time with family and, you know, got to say my goodbyes. But, you know, Simon was an amazing dog and she'll always be with us in spirit. And, um, yeah, I think the next, like, spot I wanted to kind of go with was, you know, pets in general. Like, I mean, they are part of our family. I think most people will agree to that. I've been, dude, I've had my pets my whole life, you know, fish, rats, 
bearded dragons. Growing up just had everything, cats, dogs, you know. I was lucky enough to always have pets, learned how to take care of them. But, you know, I've always had them in my life. And, you know, I know one of the first things that was tough when I first moved out of the house, it wasn't like, you know, some people, like, when they first move out, it's like dealing with laundry or doing dishes or cooking. Like, they kind of have to adjust to that because you don't have your parents to help you out with that. But, like, that was never really the issue for me. For me, it was weird not having my dog with me. Um, but, you know, later on, starting having pets, starting living in places where I can have pets, obviously now owning my own place, able to have my dogs and guinea pig and all that stuff. But I think that was a big aspect because they, they really are part of the family. And, you know, with Cinnamon, we lost a family member. And it's tough. Kind of coinciding with it um, as we were driving out there. Um, found out that Taylor Hawkins passed away, the drummer for the Foo Fighters, who Foo Fighters are basically one of my favorite bands of all time. Um, huge, huge, as I mentioned earlier, man crush on Dave Grohl. Just love the dude so much. Their music is simply amazing, and the way the band carries themselves you know they're very charismatic they like to have fun and that came from Dave Grohl and Taylor Hawkins and so to obviously lose him it's tough the world you know had to say goodbye to a very personable personality and lively you know brought light to rooms and was obviously very musically talented. And I remember reading something about, like, Taylor Hawkins was probably the only drummer that could be in a band where Dave Grohl was not behind the drums because that's how good he was. And it was just tough to hear about that. Dealing with it at the same time um, with Cinnamon, I don't think I've processed it at all yet. So something like music is a huge part of my life. I listen to music. It calms me down. It helps me not get panic attacks. helps me get out of my panic attacks. helps me deal with anxiety. All that good stuff. Uh, I get very attached to it. Um, you know, there's a few deaths for musicians that were tough. You know, Chris Cornell, lead singer of Audio Slave and Soundgarden. And he was singing for Rage for a little bit. Well, they turned into Audio Slave. But, like, he was a tough one, committed suicide. And then the one that really hit me was Chester Bennington for Linkin Park. Um, so much that me and my sibling, when we decided to get a sibling tattoo together, we got a verse from Linkin Park and we put one verse, uh, or the first part of the verse on my arm and the second part on their arm. So when we put our arms together, it says the full verse. And that was like our tribute to Chester. But I remember when I heard about Chester, like I was bummed that whole day. I think I was off work because I remember I was like at home and I was just like kind of watching TV or movies or something. And it just kind of bummed me out. And I think that's the... The thing with this one is it hasn't really bummed me out yet because I was dealing with cinnamon, but there's an attachment to musicians and artists. And, you know, everyone, when Betty White passed away, all these other <laughs> people, there's so many celebrities and everything. Sorry, I'm blinking at the moment. But, like, we have these attachments because these people bring joys to our lives. They bring out emotions that we deal with. And for, like, musicians in general, music. So, like, Chester Bennington, part of the reason why it was perfect for me and Melissa to get that tattoo is Linkin Park got us through junior high and high school. Like, their songs helped us deal with a lot of the emotional things you go through as a teenager and just the way we deal with stuff in general. And his voice brought healing to me. <laughs> and it's just crazy, you know, you hear the talks about how, like, these musicians, these people bring 
lyrics and music. They talk about topics that are tough to deal with, mental illness, stuff like that, and dealing with abuse and all these type of issues. And, you know, they're going through it as well. And we forget that sometimes. And I think that was the big thing with, like, Chester is, like, he was going through stuff. But his stuff that he put out going through it helped me get through my stuff. And there's that connection that you really can't get anywhere else. And I think that's what's so great about not just music, but, like, you know, TV shows and movies and books and all these different medias and stuff, you get these connections of emotions and, you know, it's part of what makes life life. Having all these different emotions, good, bad, and all in between. And with Taylor Hawkins, um, the story come out, it looks like there were drugs involved. Sounds like a lot of, like, taking, you know, painkillers and anxiety meds, things like that. Um, I know he did have a heroin dose back in the early 2000s, a heroin overdose that he survived from, and there's a lot of, um, you know, different things, but it was sudden either way, but, you know, there's a lot of pressure that goes on with the different things that we all do, just in life in general. I think um, I had a good conversation with my friend the other day, Kind of how, like, you know, life sometimes feels pointless or, you know, you feel, um, not necessarily useless, but, like, helpless, hopeless. One of those lessnesses. But it's a grind. And, you know, you have to find the good things in it. And sometimes it's good to get that. Readjust your mindset to remember that, you know, it's not all bad. You know, we got a lot of stuff going on in the world right now with, you know, <laughs> possibilities of a World War Three, gas prices being ridiculous. We're still dealing with this pandemic thing. Like, there's just a lot of stuff. And, you know, it's tough sometimes to wake up and go to work in the morning, go to school, do adult things. And, you know... It's okay to struggle with that sometimes and recalculate yourself. And again, I think you need to, it's about focusing on the things that are good, you know. A dog like Cinnamon, you know, that brought so many good memories and all these things. Or, you know, Taylor Hawkins with the band Foo Fighters, all these great memories and connections I have with their music. And, you know, those memories are never going to go away. So, yes, the people... The dogs aren't with us anymore, but their memories are and what they've left behind. And I think that's a big thing with death. Always for me, death is um, a scary part because I worry about the impact that I make in life. I've always been concerned with how I've touched people's lives and what when I'm gone, what did I leave the world in a better place, worse place, some sort of impact? And I think that's like when you want to talk about concepts of death and life, that's a big one for me is like the impact you make. Have you touched people in a way that, you know, they operate differently for good or for bad? I mean, you know, can't be positive on everyone's life. But I think that impact is really a big key. So, like, having different people, you know, that I've lost. You know, my grandparents, musicians, actors, friends, pets. What kind of impact did they have on me? And the impacts that they have on our lives. And there's always positives there. And I think that's really, like, you want to talk about the meaning of life. Like, we could go on forever for about that. Like, how do you impact things? And that's what makes life life. You know, having a positive impact on the world around you, the people around you, having people around you that have a positive impact on yourself. And I don't know. It's... 
It's crazy. Um, I did want to bring up a story about while we were driving out there, me and my sibling Melissa were talking about, you know, death and me and them are kind of a little morbid sometimes with our jokes. Um, like I said, I'm the Chandler in real life and making jokes about death and sometimes say jokes that are a little morbid and joking about things. And we talked about, like, not really sure how we have this dealt with. The way we deal with death is kind of similar. And so probably comes up with our upbringing a little bit. But, like, we weren't really surrounded by death when we were younger. Like, I lost my grandparents when I was older in life. We did lose one of my grandparents when I was young, but I didn't really meet him. Um... So, like, it wasn't like we were around death all the time. Obviously, we lost some pets and stuff. But, like, we really are, like, some people get uncomfortable with us because we're so comfortable with it. Like, the way that we talk about it. We don't shy away from it. I think part of it is because our parents, you know, raised us to be open and think for ourselves and different things like that. But not shy away from topics like death but we we're kind of talking about like you know we'll make these morbid jokes or things like that and not even bat an eye about it just because that's kind of just how we deal with it and it's not a right or wrong way to deal with it but it was just interesting kind of talking about it because we're not really sure how we got to that because again we weren't like around it all the time my Though my dad thinks he is a giant comedian, they're not, like, huge... My parents aren't huge comedians or anything. So, like, it just kind of the way we are. And I think it's a good thing. Because, like, I've always been a good listener to people when you have to deal with death and talk about death because I don't shy away from it. I mean, dealing with my own mortality. Um, trust me, I got issues with that. But... You know, that superhero complex of I'm going to live forever. I think about that sometimes. But, you know, there's a lot of concepts. And, you know, i got all these different religions about afterlife. And, you know, you got reincarnations, all these different things. And whether you be whatever you believe in, like, there's something. There's got to be a purpose to everything and where it goes. And it's an interesting thing to talk about. I love talking about that stuff. Um, even though I identify as agnostic and I don't have a religion that I really fully go into. And again, agnostic is not atheist, just to let everyone know. Do believe there is some sort of God or higher spirit, but don't necessarily pick a story that to follow. But I've always been fascinated by religions. And I mean, part of it is dealing with you know, death. What is death? What is afterlife? Like, you can't have life without death and vice versa. So it's just, you know, it's interesting to talk about that. And it was nice that, you know, me and my sibling are able to openly talk about things like that. And yeah, so, you know, death. What else is there to say? Um, I do want to say like, to anyone who's lost people close to them. I know like Taylor Hawkins. I didn't know the dude. But you know he had an impact on my life still. Obviously I was pretty close to Cinnamon and everything. But you know those who've lost people close to them. You know it's okay to talk about it. It's okay not to talk about it. You know we all deal in our own ways. Um, I still think of you know my when my grandma passed away. It really didn't dawn on me until like a month later. I was like driving home from work or something and I just started crying. I think I heard a song or something that reminded me of her and I just started bawling. And that was like the first time I really like let it hit me because, you know, I was trying to be strong for my mom. It was her mom. And I was trying to be strong for the family and I didn't let myself grieve. And so it just kind of hit me out of nowhere. And then, you know, when I lost my grandpa, I bawled right away. And I couldn't function for a couple of days. Like, and with my grandma, I went right back to work. Like, I literally was out there, said goodbye, we got stuff done, and I can't, drove back and did an overnight shift. Like, when my grandpa, I took a week off. 
and you know part of it is probably because like I was kind of like his caretaker for the last little bit in life but you know I dealt with it a little differently and I think that's the big thing too to remember you know gets a little advice but you know there's no right or wrong way to deal with it every situation is different again we don't live in a black and white world and you don't have to deal with things one way and just because you dealt with it one way before does not mean the next time you have to deal with it and you have to just kind of you know let it be again kind of like I said like you know the Chester hit me really hard I was kind of bummed that day and like the Taylor Hawkins ones I think I'm still in a little denial again dealing with the same thing so but like not but where the impact is the same you know they both had that same impact so doesn't mean that I cared more about one or one had a bigger impact it's just you know the way we deal so yeah I think that's what I have to say about death and all that um cinnamon you know I hope you're maybe listening out there hanging out with Greta but um I love you and I always will and again I know I talk about Jack all the time and now Molly but You'll always be like my first dog that was mine and always have a huge impact and on our whole family too. Um, so no, a little shout out to Melissa. Thank you for coming out there with me, joining me on the 13-hour drive there and back. And then um, to my mom and dad too. Um, I know it was tough on you guys, you know, even our dad. Dad did not want animals, did not want dogs, but, you know, he was in the room with us when we said goodbye, and he won't admit it, but I saw his eyes get a little teary, and, you know, they are part of our family, and, you know, thank you, Mom and Dad, for allowing them to be part of our lives, but also, you know, being, just all being part of the family, and, you know, that's how we get through this. We have impact on each other, being family, being friends, and supporting each other. So it was good. And, you know, Cameron, got to talk to you a little bit. Um, I know you weren't able to make it because you were in San Francisco. But, again, I appreciate you as well. We're family. So, um, yeah, it was an um, emotional weekend. It will stay emotional again. I don't think I fully have really coped with it yet. I'll probably have my moments. Um, again, it is nice to be back home in my own bed, have my have my dogs, have Jack and Molly, and obviously their impact and everything. But it's tough. And then, you know, shout out to Taylor Hawkins, his wife and three kids that he left behind, to the whole Foo Fighters band, Dave Grohl, everyone. And it's tough. It's tough to deal with, and our hearts are with you and um you know I was disappointed obviously I knew it was coming but you know I was going to get to I'm going to Aftershock in October so I don't know if I've told you guys but I get to go to Aftershock the musical festival and Foo Fighters were going to headline and they're obviously dropped out now they canceled all their um planned dates which I expected but you know kind of bummed because like I wanted to go see them and everything but you know, it's it wouldn't be the same without him, and, you know, life is just how it is. But, you know, hearts out to everyone who is dealing with anything, and just know, you know, we're all here to support each other, to talk about it. Kind of what I talked about with the whole Will Smith thing, you know, we need to support each other as a society and talk about it and work our way through things together. Um, going against each other is not the way to go about it. And, yeah, I think I rambled on enough. I'm going to go ahead and take a quick break, and then we'll do a little bit of closing, and then I will say goodbye. But thank you for listening to me talk about death. Okay, everyone. Well, thank you for tuning in and listening to Nothingness, the podcast about nothing with me, Stephen. Again, I appreciate you guys tuning in and listening to me ramble about all my inner thoughts and everything. Um, if you have any comments or anything like that, you can always reach out to me. You can reach out on Twitter at nothingness underscore pod or on Instagram at capjackattack. You can also reach out on TikTok. 
But definitely um, would love to hear from you guys and have any topics. If anyone wants to be on an episode, would definitely love to have someone talking other than me. I'm sure it will be more entertaining for everyone. But, again, I appreciate you guys tuning in and letting me ramble. And um, hope you guys um, enjoyed this episode a little bit. And gets you talking. I think that's the big thing I guess I want to close on is, you know, the whole point of this, I know it's kind of like just me talking and giving thoughts, but I want to spark interest and your own thoughts and think about things. And that's what I like about podcasts when I listen to them is, you know, I'm listening to people give their opinions while I'm giving my own opinions on it in my head while I'm listening to it. And hopefully um, it brings some joy or something to you or gets you thinking, but Thank you for tuning in, and I'm going to sign off for this time, and I promise I won't have as long as a break for the next episode. But again, thanks for tuning in to Nothingness, the podcast about nothing. Have a good rest of your day, guys.